Hello and welcome back to Zach's Fact Shack, where we learn all kinds of weird, random, and wacky information. So today, I'm going to change up a little bit, and sorry for my voice, I was at Six Flags on Saturday, and you know, when you ride a roller coaster, you have to scream and holler, it's just, you know, them's the rules, I don't make them, I just follow them, and so my voice might crack every now and again, because it is flat out worn out, but... Today, I wanted to change things up a little bit from what we've been talking about. If, you, if you've been following, most of the podcasts have been about sports-related information, but that's not the only thing that I'm interested in. Again, I love weird and random facts. So today, we're going to talk about some weird and random facts about words in the English language and where they came from. It's a pretty cool list. I will give you the information of where that came from. Before I do that... I need you to like, I need you to subscribe, and I need you to share this podcast with everybody you know. I want to get the word out about all of the cool information that we have going on on this podcast all the time. You need to share it on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Anchor.fm. At Anchor.fm, that's where you can reach me and message me to get information to me. Maybe you have a topic you'd like me to talk about. Maybe you have some information that you would like to be on the show and be interviewed about. Get that to me. Let me know. Maybe you have some critiques and things that you think I can do better with this show. I'm open for everything you want to say. Just send me the message. We'll see what we can work out, and we'll go from there. I'm really glad that you guys have been listening and that you've been sharing and the podcast has been growing. It has been really fun to do this. I'm really excited about being able to do this. It's all brand new to me. I don't really know what I'm doing. And I really, really hope that as I do this, I get better and better and you are able to help me do that. Now, I want to talk about some of these words. And this list actually comes from the Oxford from OxfordRoyal.com. I pulled out a few of the words that I thought were more interesting than others, and it was just really fun to go through and this, read this list, and I wanted to bring it to you and to bring it to your attention. So without further ado, let's dig in. Now, anybody that knows me personally knows that I love food. I'm one of those people, you have people in your life that eat to live. Food is simply a form of sustenance. They simply eat so that they can survive and move on to the next thing. I am not one of those people. I am a person who lives to eat. Eating is a destination. This is what you want to do, right? Everything is about food. It's My life is re- revolves around it, right? I have meetings at food. We have holidays around food. You know, we have commercials about food. We have shoes, shows about food. Everything revolves around food. So let's start out with food. And what we're going to talk about is the word sandwich. It's a, it's a common word. We don't even think twice about it. It's so common that even other languages now use the word to describe meat or cheese or something else between two slices of bread of your choice, sourdough, white, wheat, whatever. It's two slices of bread with meat or cheese or both and everything else you want to put in there between two slices of bread. That's a sandwich, right? That's what we've come to define it as a sandwich. Well, the term actually comes from the 18th century where an aristocrat, he loved playing cards and he loved to eat, but he didn't want to get grease from the meat that he wanted to eat on his hands to uh, get them all, all over the cards. So instead, 
this is the fourth Earl of Sandwich, he would ask his servants to bring him meat between two slices of bread. Now, he didn't invent this. This is not that he invented the sandwich. In fact, this has been going on for who knows how long. It's a very convenient meal. But up until that time, at least in the English language, it wasn't known as a sandwich. This was known as bread and meat or bread and cheese. It was simply that. And if you chose to put the two together into a sandwich, so be it. But it wasn't necessarily that it was put together for you. It was just, here's a slice of bread. Here's a slice of meat or, or cheese or whatever it is. Do what you want with it. I don't care how you eat it. Just eat it and leave me alone, right? That's how it worked out. The Earl of Sandwich would ask for this, and he would eat while playing cards with his, with his aristocratic friends. And eventually, the friends like, no, this is, this is pretty smart. Let's, let's us do that. So what they would do is they would say, hey, I want the same as Sandwich. Because again, his name was the Earl of Sandwich. It quickly whittled down to, I want a sandwich. We've all been there. We know that the bars or the local restaurants, they have uh, sandwiches, they have burgers, they have drinks named after people, and you simply just call it the whatever. I know around here, the butcher shop, I don't know if they still have it or not, but they had they had a, a hamburger that was made in a certain way called the Fromm in honor of Jake Fromm, who at the time was at the quarterback at Georgia. He's also he's the quarterback from the local high, one of the local high schools in the county that I live. That's what it came down to. It was called the sandwich. Now, another part of food, this one I thought was pretty cool because again, you know, I love food. So food means that we get to add all kinds of sauces and seasonings and all kinds of crazy things. But have you ever stopped to wonder where the word ketchup comes from? Now, I know a lot of people, they like ketchup. A lot of people, they hate ketchup. And a lot of people don't really have an opinion. It's on the burger that they eat. They don't really care one way or the other. Well, ketchup is an incredibly popular sauce now in that 650 million bottles of ketchup are sold every year throughout the world. 650 million bottles, guys. That's a lot of ketchup. What's crazy is is that ketchup started out from a 17th century sauce out of China of pickled fish and spices. I can't even I can't even try to pronounce what it was called. It, it I'm going Here's my attempt. Please forgive me, but it's ketchup. That's my attempt. I have no idea. If you want to learn try it a little better, go ahead, but that's my attempt. So we're going to leave it at that. And its popularity spread th- uh, from Singapore and Malaysia and into the early 18th century, where it was, uh, where that's where it was encountered by British explorers. It quickly moved from there, where it was called ketchup. They actually have a pronunciation here, a pronunciation guide for me. That so that helped. It was called ketchup, and this is where we get the modern word ketchup. What's funny is is that tomato-based ketchup was not invented until the 19th century, and in fact, tomatoes were considered poisonous for a long time so ketchup did not catch on in the u.s until later in the 19th century but i'm so glad it did dude a hot dog without ketchup i know people like mustard but i don't hot dogs without ketchup that would just be just no that's not okay we can't do that we need ketchup for sure 
I switch gears a little bit. We've all heard about malaria, but have you ever heard where the term comes from? Malaria, we know, is a disease brought on by the bite of a mosquito who happens to be infected with malaria. It makes people very, very ill and can end in death. And in fact, for many, many years, it did until we were able to bring in uh, medical science and we have now we have some treatments and cures for it, and it's amazing what we can do to save people's lives now. But what's interesting about this is that this word didn't come from Asia. It didn't come from Africa or anything like that. It came from Rome, and it was a it's a comes it's a Latin word. Uh, let's see the medieval Latin or Italian words for were mal meaning bad and area meaning air. So it literally means bad air. And what they were talking about is outside of Rome they had this marshy pit that just reeked, and that's where they they thought that the malaria was coming from but what we find what we know now is that what it actually was it wasn't the air that was bad it's that the conditions of the swampy marsh allowed for the reproduction of all of these mosquitoes who were infected with the malaria who then gave it to the people so yes it did come from the swamp but it was not the air of the swamp it was actually the water in the swamp and where it allowed for the breeding of these mosquitoes. Now, COVID has been a big thing in all of our lives for a while now, and we have been trying to figure out how to live life the best way possible with the least repercussions and just move on and make it as normal as we can. We all understand that to varying degrees, people have succeeded or not succeeded. But one of the words that we've been hearing for a lot are uh, hearing a lot recently is quarantine. And I know a lot of people might know where it comes from, but some people don't. So I wanted to bring it in on this list because I thought it was pretty cool. It's actually a Venetian word or, you know, it's an Italian word from the Venetian dialect. I'm going to try to pronounce this quaranta giorni or 40 days. And what it was is during the 1300s, during the period of the Black Black Death, the Black Plague, whatever you want to call it, which was sweeping Europe. I believe it killed a quarter of the entire population of Europe. Very deadly, very bad. What they would do is when ships of people would come in, they would be quarantined on nearby islands or on the ship itself for a period of 40 days to see if they were infected with the Black Death. They didn't know what was causing it, so they just said, you stay over there, and if you show up with symptoms, you're not getting in. But after 40 days, they would be allowed to enter if they showed no symptoms because they would be considered clean. It's a pretty simple simple idea, and it seems to work for a lot of diseases, and we certainly know that we used it heavily against COVID. Now, I know that we've all heard the word ostracize, and I've often wondered where it came from. I know that, let me define ostracization if you don't know. It's simply that you basically cast someone out. Maybe they said something or they did something that you or a group of people do not agree with, and you kick them out of the group. You say, you're not allowed back. 
goodbye, don't come back, and you're now ostracized. Where this word comes from is pretty cool. It's actually an ancient Greek word. And what it was is, you know, the, the, Greece was a pretty democratic place. And if a citizen of a city or state committed a crime, they could be banished. And be, so what they would actually do is this, this banishment had to be voted on by the people of the city. And they would put on the what bro, broken piece of pottery, they would write yes or no if this should be v- voted out, basically. You know, survivor. Woohoo. You have been voted off the island. And this broken piece of pottery we called, was called an ostracon. And if the vote came back where, you, where they voted for you to be banished, you would be ostracized. There's a Greek word here. I cannot pronounce it, but it means to ostracize. That word has nothing to do with ostriches, the bird, even though it sounds a lot like it. It has nothing to do with it. How many of you have played the game Clue? I know I have. What is it? You know, Violet. I say Violet did it in the library with the candlestick. I think that's you know one of the characters. So as you played this game, you had to follow clues and figure out who done it. Right? You know, it's all about uh, deduction and tracing back the, from from here to there until you find the answer. Well, the word clue actually comes from Greek mythology, and it comes from the word clue, C-L-E-W, meaning a ball of yarn. Now, this comes from the moment where Theseus is given a ball of yarn to help him find his way out of the Minotaur's labyrinth. So what he actually does is he unravels the ball of yarn all the way through the maze, and then he follows it back. Just like you follow a clue, and you put the pieces back together all the way back until you get to the end of the labyrinth where you have a ball of yarn, and you now have all of the information. That is where the word clue comes from. The word gained its modern-day spelling in the 15th century, a time when spelling was honestly rather fluid. Have you ever wondered why through, through, and through all spell are spelled differently? Yeah, it's because of it, fluid spelling. People were making up the rules and trying to figure it out. Then somebody came back around and said, well, these are all the rules, except nothing applied to the rules at all. So it's very confusing. I'm sorry for non-English speakers. We struggle with it, too. Just forgive us. So I hope you enjoyed this podcast. It's completely different from one of it done with the others, and I hope you've enjoyed it. If you have, remember, like, subscribe, and share the podcast. Give me a review. Message me. Contact me. Reach out to me. I would love to hear from you. I need more ideas. I want to keep doing this, but, you know, I'm not able to keep, you know, all the ideas. I, need to, I can't make them all, all up. I need your help. So reach out to me. Let me know what you're thinking so that I can try it out. All right, guys. This is going to be it. This is going to be a busy week for me with my other jobs, so I may not be able to get another podcast, but I will try. I'm striving for three a week. I'm not always going to hit that mark, but I'm going to attempt to. So come back later on this week, see if I got another podcast, and let's see what else we can learn. 
See you later.